Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we are talking about boundaries at work and beyond. And today I would like to welcome Dr. Ron and April Beck joining us for our discussion. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. So glad to have you. Now, uh, Dr. Ron and April, you both work with Tampa Family Resources, is that correct? That's right. Could you tell us a little bit about your business? Well, we've been on church staffs for 30-some years, and then in, back in 2008, God just opened the door and led us to start our own nonprofit. Uh, Tampa Family Resources came into existence at that time, and, and we've enjoyed uh, coming alongside churches in the Tampa Bay area, providing counseling and uh, businesses, providing chaplaincy programs, and also life coaching uh, services as well. So it's just been a real blessing the last uh, six, seven years uh, doing that. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, it's funny how I see a lot of pastors that uh, they go into the ministry and one of two things happens. Either they get burnt out. I mean, pastoring is a tough, tough job. Um, they get burnt out with what they're doing and either get re-energized or they re-enter the workforce in the secular field. Do you not see that a lot? We do see that. It happens because, you know, burnout is true in every vocation. That's right. It's huge in the pastoral area because it's just a, a draining job. Emotionally, you're invested. 
you're involved in. And uh, sometimes, you know, it just gets overwhelming. It is. You know, and I have worked, uh, not a lot of people know this, but I've worked in the secular and the faith-based field. I worked in the churches, and I've sat behind the doors. And I call them, the, you know, the green mile. I've sat behind the doors of where, you know, they warn you. If a good staff, a good church staff will warn you when you come to work on staff that what you see in here is going to affect you spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not prepared, if God truly didn't call you to this, it's going to be a difficult situation. And so it's interesting that you have turned that into actually counseling now too on the other end because I'm sure you counseled in the churches mm-hmm. and now you're counseling in a, in a different forum and you're doing it through a lot of different ways with families and individuals and the workplace and I think that's incredible and that's one of the reasons why I invited you two here today to talk about boundaries personal mm-hmm. and professional so my first question actually to you to get to know you a little bit better is um, uh, could you tell us what, how Christ is making a difference in your life right now either individually or as a whole well, I think one thing that's exciting about setting up a nonprofit and yet frightening at the same time mm-hmm. is that it takes you on a huge journey of faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. And learning to trust yes. and be more dependent than ever. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Frightening and yes. yet exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it deepens your walk with the Lord, it deepens your intimacy with the Lord. And in our marriage, it's strengthened our marriage as well. And wait, do you both work together? I actually work full-time uh, at an agency called okay. <laughs> another agency, but I help part-time. I was going to say, you said it strengthened your marriage, and I just, you know, I know that there's difficulty in working together when yes. you're married. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, in our counseling, usually she counsels in her office, and I counsel in mine. So. Okay, got it. So we got separate offices, and we just pass by for, for coffee. Yeah, there you right. go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, before we get fully started in this, I'd like to see if you'd like to say hi to anybody out there, anybody listening to the show today. Well, if our daughters are listening, we'd like to say hi to Allison and, and our son-in-law, Land, if they're listening, uh, Juliana and Bobby, if you're listening, and Darla and Landon, if you're, if you're listening, hi. It's good to have you guys listening today. Fantastic. And I'd like to put a shout out because I know my daughter is at home listening. So hello, Amber. And my son is probably at work, but hello to my husband, David, too. So I'm going to say hi to all those people, you know, let them know that we're thinking about them even when we're working. So today I invited you again to talk about a subject that has been on my mind a lot, quite a bit, actually. And it just keeps coming up in the chamber over and over and over. It keeps coming up in certain in different ways. And so I want to talk about it in a couple different ways, but I'd like to see what, you know, since you are counselors and you've been in the pastoral world, what would be your definition of boundaries? Well, as a pastor, you know, I'm a picture guy in in my preaching and stuff. I do a lot of illustrations, a lot of storytelling and whatnot. I know Webster defines boundaries as unofficial rules about which uh, things that we should not do or should not be done to us. Uh, but, But being a picture guy, I like to if you're listening to this to the, to the uh, program today think with me just for a moment have you ever driven in the mountains before I mean, it doesn't matter what the mountain range uh, you probably saw as you're going up or down the mountain guardrails guardrails around those hairpin turns now the last time you drove in the mountains did you think while you were driving and looking at those guardrails i don't like those they're so restricting. They're so confining. You know, it's probably safe to say you probably did not think that, not even for a moment. Why? Because they're there to protect you, mm. protect you from injury, protect you from even possible death. Now, I've had the occasion to drive on mountainous roads that didn't have guardrails, and that's really frightening. And if you've ever done that before, I'm sure you did not see 
well, I wonder how close I can get to the edge without plunging over. No, you probably <laughs> stayed as far, far away. away as you could. <laughs> and so when we think about guardrails and boundaries, you know, boundaries are, are, are in our lives for emotional, physical, spiritual protection. Uh, you create boundaries to clarify what are acceptable and unacceptable behaviors from others. Uh, just like guardrails protect us from plunging over the side of a steep cliff, boundaries help protect one from a dangerous physical, emotional, and possible spiritual fall as well. Yeah, it's, it really is all that. It's really completely encapsulates that. And I actually brought this up during uh, we have a business feature Friday with the chamber um, a couple times a month. And I brought it up today and I asked them to give me a quick thought about the word boundary. And the thoughts were negative. Yeah. Right? I mean, think about it. It would be because a boundary is a limitation, right? But when we think of certain words that our society has turned into these negative words that they really aren't, a limitation is a good thing. A boundary is a good thing. It is. But people um, see them as as a negative thing. I don't want anything holding me back, right? right? The holding the back thing. And so it becomes this negative connotation when in reality, a boundary is a good thing. So just as a kind of a lead into what we're going to be talking about today, can you tell me how is a boundary a good thing? How, I mean, off the top of your head, how would you say a boundary is a good thing? I think safety. Okay, is the first way a boundary. That's is a great a good word. Thing. Um, God gives us boundaries in His Word for what we're to think about. Philippi, um, yeah, Philippians four eight talks about the boundaries of our thought life to keep our mm. mind healthy and safe. That's true. There are a lot of boundaries. Yeah, we call them commandments. <laughs> and 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 maybe rules and, you know, laws, right? The laws, you know, the, from day 1 we've had boundaries. I I actually um one of the verses that I talk about it, with this is Psalms 147:14 which says, "He makes peace in your borders, he fills you with the finest of wheat." Well, the thing is that if you're outside your borders, is there no peace? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And why would there be no peace if you're outside of your border? Hmm. Mm, you're messing in somebody else's territory. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, maybe, right? I mean, he also said no intermixed marriages, and they did that, and look what kind of trouble that got them into. And, you know, them, not me, them. You know, I'm always in trouble. So, you know, I think that border, uh, having those borders or those boundaries um, are really important. Um, so I'd really like to talk um, about how boundaries really work in the workplace. Um, so let's talk with time boundaries, because this is a big deal um, in the chamber time boundaries I, we find and we just put a survey out because we don't we want to meet the needs of the chamber the chamber members okay so any group wants to meet the needs of their clients so what um one of the main issues that i think people come across is time mm-hmm. time as a boundary and it could be a bad thing because of the how they're using their time what is a priority and i've discussed this with a few members you know what are you seeing as a priority and then when i hear what they prioritize it's interesting because I believe that there are things within that schedule that they could remove, but they don't put a boundary on it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that with people that you've talked to, whether personally or professionally, that they have a hard time bringing up a boundary on t- their time and how they spend it? We do. We, we, we see that. And, you know, most of us need healthy time boundaries in our personal and professional life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and if you're wondering about that, just ask yourself these questions. I mean, do you have friends? Do you have relatives? Do you have coworkers or employees who demand your time mm-hmm. in unreasonable ways? 
right. who, just, who just like a leech take your time. Do, do people call or text you all hours of the night interrupting your rest sometimes or inter- interrupting your family personal time? You know, are you inundated daily with texts, emails, voicemails? And you, it's so imperative that you, you, you set healthy boundaries to z- designate the blocks of time each day that you'll respond to uh, texts, emails, voicemails, uh, coworkers, uh, family, and, and, and set a boundary that addresses the time you'll allow to friends and coworkers as well. It's just so helpful when you do that. Uh, to ignore that uh, will, will really lead to being very unproductive in your workplace and also will rob you of precious, precious family time. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what, April, based on that, let's talk mom to mom. Oh, my. Yeah. Let's talk. You know, give me some insight on how mothers, because I'm sure you all do a lot of counseling with mothers, how how mothers have such difficulty putting up boundaries. Absolutely. Because children have needs. Yeah. And children's needs can't be scheduled. Yes. You know, um, so we meet our children's needs as those needs arise. And that doesn't mean that we become a doormat to our children. It's important to definitely set boundaries about um, what time their play time, their homework time, their other things that they do, their sports uh, different activities and things like that but it's also very important to set boundaries um, for yourself when you're with your children so your cell phone's ringing Mm. or your emails are dinging and your texts are going off sometimes um, I see mommies with their kids but they're so tuned into their phone that they're not really connecting with their children. Yeah. They're so tuned in. Our phones are like just computers. They're not just phones anymore. Right. And so I think that boundaries for that are very important because it's important to really connect um, with your children on a daily basis. Not, you know, That doesn't mean to say that you don't have time for yourself or don't schedule time for yourself, but to be really in the moment with your child and experience opportunities of teaching and fun yeah and i think it's become more difficult don't you think because you know women have taken on these you know i i'm one of them so i can say that but these super women roles and and we i think that sometimes we know it and sometimes it just becomes who we are Mm -hmm. and it's a negative thing it's not a positive thing because not only are we trying to have hopefully if you're if you're in a marriage situation so you have a spouse you have if you have children you have children Mm -hmm. and then you have a job and you know where are the priorities and where are the boundaries and where do we where do we draw that line Mm -hmm. i mean there is a line that must be drawn and we make excuses yes we do so do you hear a lot of those excuses on but 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 Mm -hmm. i do and i i think that from I guess there's a, a verse in the Bible that talks about a passage in the Bible where Martha was so cumbered with her serving, but Mary chose the good thing right. to sit at Jesus' feet. So that, I call it Martha-itis, um, <laughs> attacks a lot of us, that superwoman yes. complex where we have to make sure everything's done just perfectly, and we have to make sure everything is exactly right. And so sometimes I think we set expectations on ourselves, and we don't set those boundaries to protect our time with our children or our time in our home. We let the job or 
other things over now we've been talking to dr ron and april beck from the tampa uh Res- i almost said the tampa resource center see i'm tampa family resources <laughs> and uh i'm thinking resources because we're talking about that That's today right. and we're, we're actually going to be giving away a book that has has some resources about boundaries so i'm really excited about that so um boundaries at work and beyond and i really think that boundaries um start at home i mean we learn about boundaries at home whether through our family life uh, i mean our childhood or in our adult how to set those boundaries but i think that the way that our world is fashioned now this whole information technology and everything that's going on now um i am hearing from people that they have less time not more time and i think that it's being caused by not setting boundaries with what we're filling our time with would you agree absolutely yeah sure so I'd like to get your input on how someone can develop boundaries that would improve their schedule um, and allow, you know, prioritization and simply better output in their job. But let's start with how it starts at home, how how this social media and all it encapsulates, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, you know, Twitter, I'm, I'm still I'm still not on board. I have an account, <laughs> but I still can't get on board with it because I think it's just one more thing filling my day. Exactly. You know, but when I threw that boundary up and I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I got chastised by my business community. They're like, no, you have to do it, right? right? You have to do it. The peer pressure, even from business people, mm. that you must be on Facebook, LinkedIn, and have a Twitter account. And that's just the minimum. Now you've got to have the Google, and there's a whole other issue with that. But, I mean, it starts at home. So let's talk about your, you know, what you've experienced, you know, maybe with your families and people you've been coaching regarding are they putting boundaries and how do you put boundaries on, on what you're filling your time with? I think you have to decide what the end goal is. Okay. Um, do you need enough rest? We all do. Yeah. Do you need time to spend with the Lord to rejuvenate your spirit? Mm-hmm. Do you need time to work out, to eat properly, to most importantly spend time with your family and connect with your kids? I think you have to start with what your goals are. And then back up from there and say, then, okay, how much time would I have right. on Facebook? What t- how much time would I have to answer maybe those last few work emails that I didn't get done mm. during the day? Maybe like making a list. I mean, do you ever talk to people about making lists? And a lot of people don't like doing this. But I notice when you put something on paper, it becomes very real, very real to you. So if you put down what you're spending your time doing, and then going through, you're saying working backwards. Is that kind of a way that that could be done? Yes, and I don't think you have to follow that list every day. Mm-hmm. But I think if you set up a schedule in your mind, mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to order my day. This is the broad general so that you know you're saving time for what's truly important to yourself mm-hmm. and to your family. And obviously to the Lord. What has the Lord called you to spend time on? Exactly. And there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, obviously, about how to spend our time and what we shouldn't be spending our time with. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people see um, spending your time on on um, Facebook and, and LinkedIn and Twitter and all these. They don't see that as a bad thing because they see it as a connector. And yet, don't you think that that's really disconnecting us? Well, I think in a big way it is. We're talking about uh, 
social media at home. Yeah. And if we don't have boundaries within our family, I mean, you can walk into the average uh, living room uh, of the American family uh, in the evening, and no one may be even looking at each other, much less talking, but their faces are all down on their iPads or on their phone or whatever. Uh, families aren't emotionally connecting at all that way. So uh, we really encourage our, our and, and, and some of our parenting, counseling, and whatnot to, to um, have uh, your children earn time mm. on their iPad, earn time on the video games, or earn time you know, to, to work on these things. So, um, and, and when they get their homework done, their chores done, right. then that ability to spend 30 minutes then on the iPad playing their favorite game, they, they enjoy go. it. Yes, and so, but, but when, it, when it's just like free reign, there's no connecting. That's right. All right. So now back to our discussion with Dr. Ron and April Beck about boundaries at work and beyond. All right. So let's get back into this. Um, Dr. Ron, you were talking about how to um, put boundaries on children, if you're an adult, with social media. But let's just kind of wrap up what we were talking about with the adults. <laughs> I mean, the adults can somewhat govern and take away those things that are um, creating issues in a child's life. As much as They can try to control it, is what I'm saying. But how do you control it for yourself? You know, children, they, they, they really learn by example. Mm. And if every time they look at dad or every time a child looks at mom, her face is in some type of electronic device and not noticing them, sometimes that solicits uh, behavior that's not really good and positive because they're trying to get our attention. Right. Uh, so if we're going to have regulations and, and boundaries on how much our children use or when they can use uh, social media, uh, you know, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You know, yeah. we, we need that too. You know, we need to to uh, put a stop to uh, checking our emails and 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 texts and things. Even though you know almost everything now comes to our cell phones. Yeah, and uh, you know we got to realize that the enemy loves. Mm. Uh, Jesus said in John ten ten, the enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. And if he can do that with a cell phone, he will. He doesn't care what he uses. Oh no, definitely. His 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 aim is the same no matter what he uses. So we've got to make sure. We don't allow the, the usage of those things in our home to become so addictive and so consuming that we cannot spend the proper emotionally connected time with our wife, with our kids. Right. Uh, they need us. They don't need our cell phone. They don't. Need, they, they need us. Right. You know, you can't replace that. Yeah. And it also takes away from your work. I, it's mm. funny because before this explosion happened, I'm going to kind of date myself. That's okay. I'm getting there. But uh, I remember the worst thing that you could possibly do at work once computers were invented was to be on solitaire. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. When somebody walked by and find that you're playing solitaire. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's not an issue anymore. Nobody wants to play solitaire unless it's on their phone mm-hmm. or they're playing some game or Candy Crush, I guess it is now, but they're playing, you know, uh, they're texting people and on Facebook. Like you said, it's overwhelming. So I think setting boundaries at work are so, so important. And whether you work out of your own home or you work for a corporation or you work for a small business, the job's got to get done. And the more more time that you spend on social media and now maybe social media is your job and that's fine and we all need to have that part in social media mm-hmm. because that is where it's going I mean yes. there's no way around it so therefore we have to deal with it in a biblical worldview how are we going to deal with that but there's another side of this that isn't just about social media or our time or how we prioritize there's some other issues with boundaries and those are personal boundaries 
at work. So as a follower of Christ, how are we able to set up boundaries at work that could affect us personally? What would be your input on that? Well, uh, personal boundaries at work is absolutely critical. We've got to have them, uh, and, and there's so many to talk about. Let's just mention a few, okay? okay. How about places you go? I, we talk to clients all the time in our counseling who are required or asked by their employer to entertain their clients or customers. Oh, yeah. But you might need some boundaries there. Yeah. I mean, I've had I've had people tell me I, I, I was asked by my boss to take my client to a strip club. Oh, wow. Well, you've got to set up those boundaries, and then you've got to uh, communicate those to your manager, your boss, whatever, that there's certain things or certain places that you just aren't comfortable going. It's right. so critical. Also, in the workplace, there there needs to be, for most of us, uh, boundaries concerning touching, mm, mm-hmm. us touching coworkers, and coworkers touching yeah. us. Uh, you know, I have a problem with that. I hug everybody. Yeah, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm a hugger too. Okay, uh, just gotta be careful, but, but not a perfect, you know, stranger. Yeah. But, you know, coworkers yeah. become very close friends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, an, an, another area of boundaries needs to be in our words. Paul wrote a very, mm. very important verse in, in Ephesians four twenty nine. He says, "Let no unwholesome word." proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment. Why? So it might give grace to those who hear. Yeah. We're supposed to be grace dispensers. So many of us need boundaries concerning the words we say to others. Make sure they're wholesome. Make sure they're building. But also, words we allow co-workers to say to us. Yeah. Do you, if you're listening today, do you have a co-worker who's always using sexual innuendos, Mm. always saying sexual things, inappropriate things. You need to set up a boundary, and you need to clearly and lovingly communicate that to that coworker. Hey, listen, I'm very uncomfortable when you tell that kind of joke. Mm -hmm. And you just got to communicate that. Now, one of the biggest areas, though, Lori, that I think we've got to touch, we're talking about personal boundaries in the workplace. Uh Uh-huh. Our, our personal boundaries when it has to do with marriage. Yeah. And there's a yeah. reason for that. Why? Because because 51% of first marriages are ending in divorce. 62% of second marriages are ending in divorce. And over half of the divorces that are taking place involve sexual infidelity with a third party. But well over in our, in our counseling practice, we find it goes way higher than 50%, more close uh, closer to 75% of affairs that take place involve a co-worker. Yeah, and do you think that's because we spend so much time at work? I, I mean, I honestly. And we yeah. go home and we're tired. Yes. You know? We we're spend tired. 40 plus hours yeah. at the same place every week and that just opens us like we said before, the enemies come to steal, kill, that's and destroy. Right. That's right. And, and, and I would say it's a we've got to have Boundaries like uh, openness and transparency boundaries uh, are critical ingredients for successful marriages. Mm. Don't keep secrets from your husband or your right. wife. Extramarital affairs are permeated, Lori, by secrecy. Yeah, they you know, really everywhere I go, even with my board members, and um, I always tell my husband I'm going to be at lunch with 
this gentleman uh, and this is the restaurant we're going to mm-hmm. and we ride in separate vehicles and that mm-hmm. was taught to me because I did work in the church atmosphere and uh, it didn't matter if we went to the same place down the street we drove in separate cars the pastors that was a rule you do mm-hmm. not drive in the same car and my husband thought it was crazy I mean you know the the worldview too would say that's insane you know, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous it's mm-hmm. not like something's going to happen well it's to protect exactly what you're Absolutely. talking about set that boundary odds are very good that you know it wasn't going to happen of course but you're telling me by these statistics that it happens a lot it happens way too much and you know another good boundary is is you know if you're having if you're having issues marital issues with your partner with your spouse the last person you need to share that with is a person of the opposite sex mm, at work definitely I mean, these water cooler type conversations should never be personal intimate things right and never share something like that with someone at work uh, you know you share those things with your partner with your with your husband or your wife and so you got to be careful not to put yourself in, in situations too a lot of uh, clients tell me they you know they go on business trips and things like that. You know, a boundary just as simple as you know what? When I'm on this business trip with my coworkers, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go into the hotel room of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. That may seem trivial to some people, but I'm telling you, the enemy loves that opportunity. Right. And so, taking those, making those simple boundaries, is so helpful to keep us away from that place of temptation. Yeah, I agree. And and April, you know, we talked a little bit during the break um, about. You know, let's just take that in context. You know, these things that now we've stepped out of line. Okay, so now we've stepped out of line. Let's take it another step. Okay, we're out of control. Um, we're out of control because we did something wrong. And we know we did something wrong, but maybe we keep stepping still in the wrong direction. Okay, so we're out of control emotionally, uh, we're out of control uh, physically, we're out of control in our work. So, how can boundaries work for us? How can we implement a boundary right away, and what does that look like in those situations? I think implementing a boundary right away is as simple as making a plan. Okay. So you realize, oh, I've crossed a boundary that shouldn't be crossed. So you back up. Okay. And you get back on the other side of that guardrail, so to speak. And you you need to deal with with the boundary you crossed. You need to say, okay, this was not healthy. This was not okay. And... In some cases, you need to make things right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always important to make things right and not hold things in your heart that the enemy can Mm. use to um, condemn you. So maybe seek counseling or seek an accountability partner of the same sex. Absolutely. Someone someone that you can trust to Mm -hmm. give you wise counsel and say, you know, okay, here, let me help you be right. accountable. An accountability partner is always a great yeah. boundary help. And, you know, I would add to that, too, that um, just because of my ex- past experiences, besides every I agree with everything you're saying, is that uh, we also need to find somebody that's following things biblically. Yes. You know, if you're a follower of Christ, personal, professional, all has to fall within those biblical guidelines. You can't just go seek a secular counselor or a secular accountability partner because their viewpoint is not going to be the same as yours. Do you not agree with that? Absolutely. 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 Our boundaries have to be biblically based if we are followers of Christ. Absolutely. Um, It's just imperative. And the model of our counseling does that with biblical counseling. We have clients who tell us, I have been to secular counselors for years, and in six weeks I've gotten more from you because it's it's been right at the heart of where they live with the Lord. Absolutely. And so it, it's more meaningful, and they're able to apply God's truth. And so um, it's our passion to be 
helping people set those boundaries and and walk with the Lord. I think it's important too, and uh, and we're gonna before we wrap everything up today, we're gonna talk a little bit more about um, how to set some, you know, how to make some of those plans. You know, how what is the biblical. Um, reasoning that we can use and one verse i want to bring up is matthew five thirty seven, and and i think this applies in everything that you, the two of you were just saying especially from a personal colliding i mean i kind of want to mm-hmm. use that word colliding with the workplace right mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's so hard to separate them it really is and we shouldn't have to if we're doing things biblically we shouldn't it should be all one but the verse is matthew five thirty seven. it says let what you say be simply yes or no anything more than this comes to from evil okay mm-hmm. comes from evil so what we're discussing in the break and it's just so impactful for me is that um, if we don't say yes or no and we don't set that boundary then something bad's going to happen I mean it's evil it's going to be bad okay mm-hmm. it's going to be bad people if you knew you were supposed to say no you should have said no if you knew you're supposed to say yes and move forward you should have said yes and that's where I think April where your planning idea you know we need to make a plan and the plan needs to be enacted on quick we've been talking with Dr. Ron and April Beck about boundaries at work and beyond alright so let's get back into it before we finish up the show um, I think we've covered some really good information and, and mm-hmm. just so thrilled to have you all here. So I want to talk about serving a client. And I know you deal mostly with families, etc. But, you know, these work people in the workplace, they, they serve their clients no matter what the cost. And I think there's a very high cost when we use that phrase, you know, because it, it works professionally, too. I'll do anything no matter what the cost, right, to get the client. And that's not even biblical in the first place. Um, I think you first have to get clear on what's not working and what is working. And then what if you're feeling drained. I mean, I'm pretty sure you see this in your practice. People feel fatigued, depressed, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And those things, there's a root cause, right? Yes. And you would probably dig at that. So sometimes do you find that the root cause for people that are coming in on a personal basis is their professional life? Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of um, a client that I cared for for quite some time and it, her marriage was being affected because mm. Every client had to be served, even if it was at ten o'clock at night. Oh, see, and so it mm. was, it was destroying. Yes, you know it's funny you said that night. because I was, <laughs> I was saying this morning at our meeting, I said I'm only saying this because I'm guilty too. It's not like I'm trying to like chastise you all. I mean, it's me too. Shame, shame. You know, um, up until very recently, and I'm not going to say when, but very recently, I would take my phone, which my father calls my appendage. Mm-hmm. And I would stick it next to me when I sat down finally for the evening. And until I went to bed, I would answer what came across my phone. Mm-hmm. Whether it was a text or an email message or anything, I would still answer it right then. And shamefully, I did answer one last night at 930. It's wrong. I shouldn't even be looking at it. Because not only that, but as counselors, would you say at that time of night, after we've been through a full, complete day, our boundaries shift? Absolutely. Mm. That we would drop those barriers because we're exhausted and we may say or do something on a text or a message that we wouldn't normally do once we're ready to start a day. It's very possible. That happens. Yeah. I, very possibly. And the other thing is that's t- your time to to refresh. Mm-hmm. So if you're never getting refreshed, if you're not getting rest, if you're not getting a break for your mind through um Rest or just something fun, something interactive with your family or, you know, with other friends, different things you might be doing that gives your brain a break from work. Yeah. Um, 
you can't be your best you. Yeah, you're taking away from yourself personally, but Absolutely. you're also taking away from a family. Like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if your spouse or your children see that this is a priority for you, then they feel that they're not the priority. Absolutely. Exactly. We're but, modeling that for our children. Yeah. yeah, that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to walk through the house, like you said, with your head down, texting. Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. I don't know if you saw in uh, the... Uh, TV the other day, they have a new program out that literally shuts down every electronic in your house so that you can have family dinner together. Oh. oh yes, it literally does. It is the funniest thing. I said, that's sad that we need that, but... <laughs> it is sad, but we do need it. We do need it. And it's, you know, the commercial I thought was great. At first, I thought it was a joke. It's no joke. This thing has been, you know, it's a pepper. It's one of those, what do they call them? The pepper grinders? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you twist it and it shuts everything down in your whole house. That's yeah, Ivan's cool. giving me the look. He's like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, so there are ways, I guess. So that would be a boundary that's about ready to come close in my house because my husband's a tech, so everything is technology, you know, at home. So I want to read this verse so we can get into this. It's uh, James 4, 13 through 15. And I want to read it because I believe that the reason not only are we sucked into the technology, but we're sucked into it because we are being lied to. You're talking about um, the devil, Satan, you know, Ron, about how, how he, uh, and actually, no, it was you, April, how he'll use a phone. He'll use a phone, right? Uh, he'll uh-huh. use a phone to do this. Okay, well, he'll do anything to make us think that we have to do this to make a profit. So here's the verse. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow is going to bring. That's right. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Mm. I just kind of want to soak in that because would you not agree that we are so concerned about tomorrow that we lose so much today. Yes. Oh, we do. That's, we do. We yeah. lose so much. And I think boundaries is a big big deal for that. So let's wrap this up. Let's, let's wrap up the whole boundaries. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that God has a plan, minute to minute, in our life. But because we try to schedule over Him, then we're missing out on the blessings. Absolutely. So any last words that you would want to say about boundaries before we wrap this up today? One of the thoughts that just crossed my mind was giving the gift of presence. Presence. Being present. Yeah. Being available. We need as adults, as parents, as spouses, we need to give that gift to our, our spouses, our families, our children. We need to model that for our children, our grandchildren, so that they learn to give that gift of being present with whatever they're doing. When we're present, then we can focus and we can be productive and we can make the, a difference and we can fulfill what God's called us to do. Absolutely. I love that. That's fantastic. And so I want you all, you listeners today, to just think about Place, sit down and write out what your priorities are in life and what you've been doing and make some boundaries, personal and professional. The three of us believe it's going to change your life. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I want to close out this program to let you know that, that Jim, the host of the I Work For Him show, is looking for a thousand people in the Tampa area to take the challenge to look at their workplace in their mission field. A thousand people that are willing to start praying for their coworkers and employees that will look for ways to befriend them outside the workplace 
and to serve those coworkers and employees in the workplace and be willing to pray with them, sit down and actually pray with them in the workplace and to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position who seeks excellence and seeks it through God. So go to the I Work For Him website and click on Contact Us. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him. 